Hi, I'm Michelle Brooks. Welcome to Endo Matters. This is a podcast that helps women with endometriosis get in control of their condition, no longer letting it control them. I'll be asking you, the listener, what help you would like and giving you tips on how you can live a better life with endo. After all, endo does matter. Hello listeners and welcome to this month's episode of Endo Matters. So this month's subject is going to be all about holistic therapy and reflexology and I've got an amazing guest on today, Chris Haddon, who is a holistic therapist and what I love about Chris's business is it's all set on a barge so it feels like just amazing to even walk to his uh, room but as you get on there and start having treatments on there, you just feel like in another world. It's just amazing. I'm going to introduce you to Chris in a little moment. But first of all, what I wanted to do was to just tell you my journey and how I got into holistic therapy and how that in turn has helped me with my endometriosis. So going back to probably about eight years ago, I was out for dinner with some friends. Um, we were in somewhere, not where we were, we weren't local. And there was a couple sat next to us having dinner as well. And a moment in the um, in the evening, they, they the lady of the couple leant over and said, will you lot keep it down, please? We're trying to have a romantic evening. And we were like, oh, I'm really, really sorry. But then she started laughing and said, no, I'm only joking. I just wanted to get in a conversation with you because you look like you're having a lot of fun. And then the next morning at breakfast, because we'd stayed over, we got chatting and they actually lived around the corner from us in Stockport. And it was really interesting talking to them. And I found out that she was a holistic therapist. Thought no more of it. We went our separate ways. And then a couple of months later, we actually bumped into each other again. And, you know, from where I sit on a spiritual point of view, I thought I'm meant to meet this woman and I need to know what more, more about what she does. And she started talking to me about reflexology. Now, at this point, I'd not even mentioned to her that I had endometriosis. But she said, oh, I think, you know, reading your aura and I, I just know that you'd like love reflexology and I went well I hate people touching my feet so I don't know how you've got that from me she goes you need to get on my couch I really need to give you a treatment so I went for a session and I felt like I can't explain it but it's just one of those feelings that when you've had a massage on your back you feel a little bit looser and you feel a little bit more relaxed but with reflexology I just felt a whole of myself feel really balanced and just the whole of my body just felt like I was in a different world. And it was amazing. And then obviously, because we have a consultation before um, she did the treatment, and then she found out that I had endometriosis, she started specifically treating me with re- reflexology for endometriosis. And over time, we've become really good friends. And um, I'm going to give you a mention now, um, Chris Perkins, because you didn't want to come on the show because obviously you wanted to give, and this is um, Chris's mum, by the way. Um, she wanted give, to give Chris a chance to speak because he's actually a practicing therapist and she's actually retired. But I'm going to give you a mention, Chris Perkins, because what you've done in my life is actually a lot more than just being a therapist. She's one of those people that will say something, and it's a bit like when your mum tells you something and you go, yeah, yeah, whatever. But then actually, a couple of years later, you go, I wish I'd have listened to her because that's actually what I should have done. And a couple of things have stuck in my mind from meeting her. And she said, Michelle, you're going to have to slow down in your life. Stop running around or else something's going to stop you doing it. And it's not going to be it's not going to be pleasant. And that always runs through me in my mind when I was getting too busy in life. 
So thank you for that. It really does always ring true with me when, you know, um, I do feel myself like completely going into this overwhelm again. I think about those words that Christine said to me and said, you're going to have to slow down. So thank you for that. And also, Chris has been a major influence in my life for getting me into therapy, into having regular reflexology, because for endometriosis, let me tell you, ladies that are listening, that there's nothing else I've ever tried holistically that has been as effective. And again, it's just that moment of knowing that working around that cycle, having some treatment at a time in the month, what's really like um, relevant. So I always have reflexology in the week leading up to my period. And that will help to, again, balance the hormones a little bit. And Chris is obviously going to talk a lot more eloquently about it than I am. Um, and also make you feel that bit more relaxed and slowing down. Because, again, what I'm trying to help women do is to take this time of the month and really relax and slow down in the life. So reflexology has really been a massive help in that for me. So anyway, when Chris retired, then I went to her son, Chris, on the lovely barge. And he has taken over and done an amazing job of it too. So without further ado, hello, Chris. How are you? I'm, I'm very good, thanks. Um, it's funny, I was listening to your story then and, and I didn't realise you were talking about my mum until <laughs> right near the end. <laughs> I was thinking, yeah. oh, I can't wait to hear who this amazing person is. that you. And then, <laughs> uh, then, then it dawned on me, oh, someone uh, interrupting in your conversation. And, uh, you know, I thought, right, yeah, that's definitely my mum that. And um, I can imagine her doing that in a Yeah, in and, a and you know she's going to be listening to this back. So, you know, we've got to be a bit careful about what yeah. we say as well. I'll be... <laughs> I'll be on my best behaviour, otherwise I'll get a thick ear or something like that. Yeah, from more, than likely, more than likely. Um, or she'll say she'll bang you out, which is another one of the yeah. first sayings that kind of sticks, isn't it? Yeah, I'll bang you out, mate, is what she always says to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell us, Chris, um, tell us a little bit about you, because I know that you don't just do um, holistic therapy. You do a whole plethora of things in life. So just tell us a, bit, a little bit about what you do. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, I learned a lot of everything I know from my mum. So um, I was brought up in a, I'd like to say, an holistic household. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't a substitute by any stretch for, for medication. Um, I always make, make sure to say that because I don't want, ever want people thinking that this is just something that you can do instead of, you know, you've always got to listen to your doctors and, and what, they, what they suggest. Um, but growing up, you know, if I was ever ill or, or poorly, um, my mum would always be like, oh, come here, give us your feet. Let me just, let me work your reflex points. And at the time I was always a bit like, get off, get off my feet, you know, <laughs> um, not really understanding it, but then she'd do it and I'd be like, oh yeah, I feel so much better. Um, but it was always something I wouldn't necessarily tell me mates and stuff at the time because, you know, what? Well, I'm 30 now. And so when I was what, 10 or whatever, so a good 20 years ago, holistic therapy, um, wasn't really seen at the time, I suppose, not as much as it is now anyway, as, as a, a method of you know it wasn't recognized as much um and what i found of you know now more than ever is it really is and it's something that even doctors and, and hospitals refer refer clients on um so it just shows how far it has come and, and you know it's got a lot of scientific research and backing behind it now which is um as technology's moved on um but yeah so i it's something i was brought up with um not just reflexology but like my mum's a um a reiki practitioner as well and that's something i followed in her footsteps um with that also um yeah and it was it was only it was only up to about six years ago when i actually went 
and was doing it full time because um, I'm a musician and I've worked at a recording studio all my life. So from leaving school, I was straight into working in a music studio. Um, and I'll be honest, working in music, the money's not great, but I, it's something I really enjoyed. So I used to have to do other things to help supplement my wage and, and doing massage therapy and reflexology was something I used to do in the evenings. So I'd work in the music studio during the day and then I'd treat clients in the evening at the studio so it'd be a lot of stressed out musicians with all different ailments you know a lot of them roadies that have done the backing or whatever you know carrying big heavy amps and and bands coming back off tour and being completely stressed out and and not quite with it after lots of what you can imagine goes on on tour you know <laughs> so um I was working with them in the evenings helping them chill out basically um as well as working with them in the days recording their their music so um, it was only about six years ago then um, when I started gradually doing it a day a week um, whilst working at the studio. That that grew to a couple of days a week. Um, and I was stretching myself quite thin, really, trying to juggle everything. Um, and then, as you mentioned, um, I work now from a canal boat and I bought the boat to live on initially. Um, and I, I bought it, lived on it, and I was living on it for about six months and everything just slowed down for me. Um, a bit like you were saying about my mum telling you about working too much and, and needing to know and listen to your body when it needs to time to heal and for me that happened at that moment when I bought the boat and then everything you know because as you can imagine on a canal boat you're only going five miles an hour and even <laughs> tedious <laughs> tedious tasks like filling the water tank it's not as you have you know it might last you a few weeks but in order to fill that water tank you've got to move the boat you know two miles up the canal to the nearest watering tap hole like where the fresh yeah. water supply is so it'd take half your day just to fill your water tank and things like that was like, I had to plan it in my diary and everything just slowed down. So I was yeah. like, well, I can't be working this much, burning myself out because I've not got time to then have necessities like water, you know. Yeah. Um, and in the end, I ended up packing my full-time job in because I realised that, you know, why am I, why am I doing this, you know? And, and my passion and at that moment was in, in my treatments and working with yeah. my clients. So... Um, and they all wanted to come to the boat as well, so I became that became a thing, and I was on there full time working with my clients on the on the boat. And as the years have gone by, things have, have transitioned things around, made the boat more accessible, um, because obviously there's so much, only so much space in a in a narrow boat, as you know the <laughs> keys in the name really, and it's not quite narrow, but um, there's more than enough space, and it's um, it's a beautiful location. So so yeah, so I've mainly been been doing that. Obviously, it was a, a bit of a halt throughout COVID, um, but I teach mindfulness as well, and I'm busy doing that in schools, which is something I'm sure we'll talk about as you know throughout this. Um, and I've, I've still got my music as well, so I you know teach a bit of guitar and a bit of music um, with the youngsters as well. Which for me, yeah, it's loud and raucous, but you know I've still got that part of me, and and it's a creative outlet, and I think it, it yeah. works hand in hand with. Um, with the relaxing side of things that I also do. Definitely. And I think like from what I know about you, Chris, you've got like definitely the balance right. You know, you've got that raucous music, rock star side of you, but you've also got this like lovely calm energy that, you know, transmits to us as your clients um, in, a, in an amazing way. But what I want to go back to is, so you said that like your mum was a great influence in you starting this kind of work, but how did you actually get into it yourself? Well, obviously I... I 
I got when I got to an age to understand what it was she actually did, you know, without you know, I would have used to have just say that she just sort of touches people's feet. And if you say that nowadays, people would be like, that's a bit weird, isn't it? Um, but as I got to a, an age where I could understand what was going on and scientifically going on within the body, um, I, I was constantly quizzing her and she was giving me so much information. Um, and then I obviously had to do the, the official routes then and book myself on all the various courses. And then obviously with reflexology, it's quite a, it's a long slog. You know, the initial course, you're looking at a year just to, um, to learn, you know, what would class as the basics before you even yeah. start touching people's feet. And, and actually then you start really learning, like, because obviously you, you're doing it and, and everyone's different and everyone's got different things going on within themselves. And, and you only really begin to get that once you you start working with your clients, really. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of, obviously, anatomy involved and, and, and stuff. So there's a lot of, and a lot, like, and I say a lot, I mean a lot of case studies as well, which, uh, you know, um feel like you're drowning in case studies when you're, when you're doing your training but it's so good because obviously that's why they make you do that because you need to get that hands-on experience um Absolutely. Yeah, yeah so yeah I'm constantly so for the, learning for the listeners Chris I mean we're talking because like I have reflexologists so I know what it is and you do reflexology so you know what it is but some listeners might not actually know what reflexology is so just give us a, a little outline of what reflexology actually is so reflexology, um, the way I best I describe it, um, it's predominantly from the feet, but it can also be from the hands, can be from the ears. So we have reflex zones and, and points throughout the body. Um, and if you think of something like acupuncture, maybe, which is a little bit more well known um, to a lot of people, um, you know, someone comes in and says, I've got a, a really sore right knee. So you go to and you get referred to an acupuncturist and then they stick a needle in your ear and you're a bit like, hold on. No, the pain's in my knee, not my ear. What, <laughs> what, what you're doing there? And and there's a reason for it because the reflex stone for for that particular part of the body might might be in a particular area of the of the ear, for instance. Um, so with reflexology, the feet or the hands. Obviously, we use the feet mostly because it's a bigger surface area to work from. So obviously, the hands are a lot smaller than the feet in most cases. Um, so yeah, so the feet map out the the body in a way. Um, there's some really good illustrations online actually which show how, how you can kind of see that um, and basically you work in specific orders different areas of the feet and you work in the different systems of the body um, to help create whatever the achievement is that, that you know the client is, is coming coming for I mean not everyone comes with a specific ailment that they need you know help with um, some people just come because it's a way to relax as well and um, you know, you don't need to have something wrong with you to, or what you feel might be wrong with you to have reflexology. Um, it can just, you know, you can come just for a mental relaxation as well. But yeah, so basically we work in specific areas of the feet um, with specific amounts of pressure depending on the area that you're working. Um, so some people might say, oh, so it's just a foot massage. And, and yeah, you could, if you really wanted, dumb it right down to that. You know, if, if you were wanting to try it on yourself you're not obviously necessarily going to know all where all the points are but you could yeah. just have a fiddle with your feet and, and work every part of your foot and you know you will hit some of the spots yeah. um so so yeah so that's kind of what's what's going on when we when we do reflexology so if you had somebody on your couch and you've done like a they've come and they've no specific ailments and you've like done a whole 
um, treatment on their foot and you kind of find areas. You obviously can't diagnose anything because you're not a doctor, but would you then tell people about the specific areas where, you know, that, that you might find something that might be a little bit off? Yeah, like you say, obviously some people come and they, they want a diagnosis from you and I've had that a lot, you know, they want to yeah. they come and they say, tell me, what's, tell me what's wrong with me, you know, and the first thing I'll always say is, listen, I'm not a, doc- I'm not a, a doctor and, um, you know, you, you need to always, if something doesn't feel right, you need to go to the doctors um, and explain that to them. I think a lot of people get a bit frustrated, especially with how stretched thin the doctors are at the moment. Um, so I think they're trying to find other ways to sort of, yeah. you know, be diagnosed if you like and that's one thing you know I straight away say you know but if some areas do show up obviously I don't keep that from the client because I want them to know and be aware of it Um, now I always do an in-depth consultation with a client before I first meet them and obviously if it's a regular client we're constantly chatting and I know I get to know exactly what's going on with them sometimes things will show up and I'll know straight away why that's shown up because I've done a consultation with them and I can see for instance if the lung area of the of, of the foot so the reflex zone of the lung is showing up but I know that that client's been smoking for the past 40 years you know straight away it's nothing to alarm me of course that area is going to show up slightly because 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 of that you know um but there are some instances where if there's something that I really don't like the look of and I think you know that's something really standing out and we've all had situations like that um then I would say to the client, you know, maybe you should just get, you know, get that checked out. Don't, it's yeah. nothing to panic about. And obviously it's nothing to, to worry about. But when you're next at the doctor's having your checkup, just mention it to them and just, just get them to, um, to, to take a look. And then just, just to be safe than, you know, better, better to be safe than sorry. It could be nothing. Could be that you were wearing high heels all weekend and you've been okay. dancing too much and that the shoe's <laughs> been rubbing on that area of the foot. You know, it, a lot, you know it, a lot of the time it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. Um, but we will always, you know, make them aware that something has shown up because um, we always take notes um, at the end of each session as well. So um, we can keep on top of, of of things. And then, you know, when they come back, most clients come every couple of weeks or once a month. So, you know, if they come back a month later and that area is not showing up anymore, obviously, and I can ask them, oh, what have you been doing this month? Sometimes it always, you always find out, ah, right, so you've you've doing that so yeah Yeah, I mean I I find it fascinating um I know like obviously you work on my feet I come to you once a month don't I remember up to my period and you know I know for me the benefits I get from it and the things that you find on my feet like so say for instance I don't mind sharing but you know you always find like my shoulder because I have like a um an old shoulder injury so my, my shoulder always like um shows up especially if I've been doing a lot of lifting that week and like my lungs always show up and, you know, you've always said it's probably because of the hay fever season, you know, so there are things that you've, you know, you found on me throughout the time that you've been working on me. But I think specifically I came first to your mum and then obviously now to you for specifically endometriosis stuff. And you always like work those reflexes more. So would you say that if you had somebody who you knowingly, well, you know, that has endometriosis, would you work on those areas more? than other areas of the foot yeah so for an instance like that obviously um you know i i've never obviously haven't experienced the the um the side effects from you know that you you might be feeling for instance um with that but but for me i would think right how how are you feeling so so you might be feeling a bit fatigued so i would 
I would work the the skeletal system and the muscular system. Um, I would work the digestive system if you know if to help with any bloatedness that yeah. you might be feeling. Um, I would work the reproductive organs as well to help everything that's going on going on there. Um, the lymphatic drainage system, you know, I'd, I'd I'd get that on the go as well to just help flush out any you know all these yeah. these things you're feeling. So obviously, yeah, each session is always tailored um, to the client. But if the client comes and they've not got any you know any specific thing that they're coming for mm-hmm. you know we just work the whole the whole body basically yeah. um in in that case but just going back to um you were saying obviously some of the examples there's one i can share obviously that involves because it's my granddad and that's something that that's it's a really interesting story this and this isn't something that comes around often but my mum used to treat my granddad's feet um regularly and he's obviously someone that's obviously old school mentality um but he's, you know, he's quite open-minded, but he's probably didn't get, didn't at the time get it. But my mum was just always like, give me your feet, I'm doing your feet. And he'd be like, okay, fine. <laughs> She's yeah. very persuasive. <laughs> yeah, and um, she, she was working his digestive system. And um, there was a, po- a point on his colon, that, um, on the sigmoid colon that was showing up constantly. And she just didn't like the, the vibe of it. Um, I was a lot younger at this time. So I guess this is one of the stories that made me really want to get into reflexology. found it fascinating. Um so she was working this point and, and she it was just something didn't sit right with her about it. So she asked him when he was next at the doctors just to get it checked to be safe. And they came back and said, oh, you're fine. You know, I think because at the time they were a bit like, oh, a reflexologist has told us this. You know, that's that's codswallop or whatever, you know. Mm. Um, so they just dismissed it. And then it kept showing up and she was like, I really, really think you, should, you need to get this this checked out. You know, if something doesn't look right with it, you know um it doesn't feel right so he insisted at the doctors that that they do a colonoscopy just to just to be on the safe side um because i think at the mo- at that time as well he was having trouble when he was going to the toilet and stuff as well so things were lining up and it just didn't yeah. feel right so he he persisted and in the end they just they just caved in basically and were just like right if you will do a colonoscopy stop my every nose basically and um they did one and it was a very very early start of cancer um wow. in his colon um and obviously it was that early on that they did manage to to operate and remove it and he's what 86 now he's still with us fine you know and he's still out driving and doing everything he does in his garden he's gardening um and to this day now he tell you know he, he tells everyone now it wouldn't they wouldn't have found that in time if yeah. um and i'm not saying reflexology isn't like come here and we will find something on your feet so mm. we can diagnose but in that instance it was something that without my mum doing that reflexology on him yeah. he probably wouldn't be here now you know and it's fascinating um so and obviously she's well experienced and she'd been doing it for a lot longer than i am i have sorry um so it's not like any, I'm not saying any reflexologist just grab your feet and, and find things like, and there's not, we don't find things, things present themselves if, yeah. if, 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 if they're supposed to, you know, and um, in that case, you know, it, it, it works and obviously yeah. we're all very thankful for it. So Absolutely. Yeah. That's just an amazing story. And, you know, not so much in, um, as life threatening as that, but I think for me with my endometriosis, since I've been having reflexologists, you know, definitely after like treatments. I will feel like because sometimes, you know, with with the pain with endometriosis, you can have sleepless nights. And, you know, that's a lot of sufferers talk to me about, like, if I could just sleep, it'd be, you know, I'd bear with the pain if I could just sleep. And so for me, um, after that reflexology session, I always have a really great night's sleep. And I know that you normally come um, or I come to you 
um, in the morning. So I will go home and I'll be able to just sleep. And normally, like, as I say, in that time of the month, I'm like awake a lot. So for me, the sleep thing has been a massive help. The digestive system, definitely, um, it helps to know that, you know, again, you know, it's oversharing this, but in the time in the lead up to the month, I can get quite constipated. And, you know, having that reflexology um, just helps to, you know, move things along a lot more. And again, that's a big thing for sufferers, because when you've got that constipation on top of the inflammation from the endometriosis, the bloating, it can make a massive difference. So definitely, I think, and I don't know if you've got any more to share on this, um, Chris, of how more um, how you feel that reflexology helps with endometriosis sufferers. Well, just going to the reflex, um, the relaxation part of it as well. Um, regardless to working all these systems of the body and and tailoring, you know, the, the treatment to to help with with that, and obviously timing the session as well to like yourself, which is you know the week leading up to the monthly cycle, just to 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 really target and, and get the body doing what it needs to be doing um mm-hmm. at the time you're about to feel all these symptoms um the reef the just the relaxation part of it as well like you said is is the body the body heals itself when when it's when you're sleeping and, and when it's relaxed so to even just enabling you to be able to switch off and 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 relax for for a good night's sleep it's it's that's part of it because obviously your body then can do what the body needs to to heal um so, you know, if anyone gets anything out of any of my sessions, I always say it is the fact that they can go home after it and, and yeah. put their feet up and actually switch off um, mm-hmm. mentally and, and physically, you know. Um, so definitely, definitely that. Brilliant. I know, um, again, going back to your mum, when, um, when I used to go to her, she had a little um, therapy room in her house. And because, again, we'd become friends, she'd say to me, come at the last thing before, you know, after you finish work, come last thing. And then you can have a kip on my couch. So I just used to go to sleep for a couple of hours. I'd come down and there'd be your mum and uh, Al having the dinner. And I'd be like, oh, thanks for the sleep. I'll see you next week. So she said, if you need to sleep, just sleep. So yeah, a couple of hours later, I'd wake up on the couch. And <laughs> It's funny, I have that that on the on the boat because obviously it's so relaxing. And the hardest thing is is having to get tell clients it's time to go, you know, at the end of yeah. the session. Um because obviously they come and they they completely relax and the you know the boat's gently swaying. You've got the, yeah. the sound of the birds and the ducks on the canal and stuff. Um, so there's always some clients that come that that know if they book the four o'clock slot on a on a weekday evening that they know that there's no one booked in straight after. Because um, that's you know I don't work tend to try not to work evenings if I, you know if I can manage to. So um, I've had some some instances where they fell asleep and I've just left them to sleep for a bit and I'm just washing the pots, washing the pots on the boat and tidying up and um, and talking to the ducks having a brew out the window and uh, then they finally sort of come round and I'm like and they're like oh I'm really sorry I, I you know oh it's at the time really and I'm like no you obviously needed it you know don't worry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, other instances if I've got other clients coming, I have to sort of gently, sort of like, you know, wake them up. Yeah, or just hope that the the geese fly past and wake them up or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> brilliant. No, it's 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 amazing therapy, and as I say, you know, I've um, I always used to have like just a back massage to to try and relax, and I found that then when I like got into the reflexology, it's just on a different level. Can you kind of differentiate the two? I think. Um, Obviously, massage is great, and I love going for a massage myself, but obviously, it's a bit more intrusive. So obviously, when you're lying on your front, for instance, for a long period of time, and your head's squashed in the in the face 
hole and, and yeah. someone's, you know, working your back. It's not always a relaxing experience. You know, mm. it's doing you good and they're working, obviously, you know, especially if it's deep tissue, you know, it can hurt at some at some point. I always say it shouldn't hurt, you know, but there are instances if depending on what, you know, what you've got going on in your, in your muscles and, and where it, it can hurt a little bit. And you, some clients struggle to switch off when they're having a massage just because and then you've got to move them over and then, you know, maybe roll over and then onto the back. And then they're like, right now, go back to sleep again or, or, or whatever. Or some don't like to go to sleep because they feel that they're missing out. You know, yeah. which I always say isn't the case because obviously the muscles will relax when they fat, when they do mm-hmm. let go, um. So they'll get more out of the the session, but it's a little bit more intrusive. Um. Whereas reflexology, you know, you get get comfortable on the couch where you can be angled sat up if you if you want, or you can be lying, you know, flat. You've got a nice cushion below, you know, behind your head, and that's it. Once you're on the set on the couch, you're not moving, um, mm-hmm. for the whole treatment. So you can allow yourself to just completely switch off, um for the whole session you know um and I think that's part of it why people sometimes go into a bit of a meditative state when having reflexology and I think it's because there's no movement and it and and you're just in that position for the whole session um so yeah I think that's probably the the key differences between the two really completely agree with that sometimes like you know um I know that you work both feet twice and sometimes I'll get to the second foot and then after that I can't remember anything else. After when I think, should I like have been kept awake to feel the benefit? But obviously it's still doing what you're needing it to do, but I'm just not conscious of it. Yeah, that's the thing. And I think sometimes you get I mean, I have some clients that are obviously really interested in the in what's going on and, and they're feeling things as you're moving around the foot and, you know, little tense areas and they're constantly asking questions throughout the treatment, um, which is fine and not everyone wants to switch off and and, that, and that's, yeah. you know, you, you lead with the client. So if the client wants to talk, then I'm happy to talk to them. But I do let them know and I'm sure my mum's probably said to you because um, she's not one to mince her words in the, you know, and she's... Um, She'll say to it, she'll always have said to her clients, you know, basically, right, shut up now and relax. You know, yeah. um, you know, um, I'm probably a little bit more polite in the way I would uh, word that, but I know you're laughing because you know exactly what my mum's like. I know, but, um, I can't wait for it to listen to this. It's going to be brilliant. Yeah. The but I'll, always, <laughs> I'll always say to the client, if you want to talk, feel free to talk and I'm happy to yeah. talk to you. But if you, if you don't talk, I won't talk to you because I want, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, focusing on what I'm doing and I want you to be able to relax and, and get the most out of your your treatment but you know if it's a new client and they're not you know they've not come to me before some some if there's a you know they might be a little bit nervous they don't know what to expect and then what people talk when they're when they're nervous yeah. you know um it's a way to sort of fill any sort of awkward silences and stuff yeah. um but after a couple of sessions then they come and they're comfortable and they know that they can just allow themselves mm-hmm. to switch off um I think me as well being a male um and 80 percent of my obviously client base is female um obviously a lot of my clients come from recommendation but there's not a lot of male therapists about i'll be honest you know every training course i've ever done is i've always been the only bloke on the on the course and they've always all the instructors have always said it's so good to see to see more males um doing this sort of thing um but, you know, I work on a canal boat and you can imagine that obviously it has to be a recommendation because otherwise it's a bit, people might be a bit like, oh, he's a, he's a bloke and I'm going to his boat. You know, it can seem a bit, obviously, if they go on my website, they can see that it's like everything's above board and it's um it's not a little rubber dinghy floating on the, the Manchester ship <laughs> canal, you know. Um <laughs> 
It's a very beautiful barge. I like I yeah. love to add this in. It's um, gorgeous. It's absolutely stunning. I have to get that in there because some people think, on a boat, on a boat. Like, I think when I first got it to live on, all my mates were like, are you all right? Are you, are you struggling for money? Are you, you know, a time's tough because um, you can come and keep at ours if you are. I was like, I'm not, I'm not homeless. You know, I'm, I bought the boat out of a choice. It's, um, yeah. it's really nice. And for some of them, I was like, it's bigger than your flatmate. What are you on about? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, obviously there is always that as well. Clients, some clients will come and they'll talk quite a lot because they yeah. might be a bit nervous. And again, it might be, part of that could be because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a male and you don't get a lot of male therapists you know it is just the norm isn't it you go to have some a massage or or whatever it might be and all the 80 percent of the time it's a female doing female, the yeah doing the totally. work um but obviously that doesn't mean that they do it any but you know any better there's no there's no sort of you know it's just obviously what you know, if you've done the training and, and, and stuff. Yeah. It, it, it never entered really my head because obviously you come recommended by your mum. So um, it never entered my head that, you know, you're a guy. Just, you know, yeah, you're, I mean, you're qualified to do it. So I think that's the case for most of my clients, to be honest, because yeah. like I said, 80% of my clients are, are female. Anyhow, um, it's harder to get the males in. And, and this is something that, that, that obviously the, you know, blokes don't like to talk about how they're feeling and and if they're feeling a bit ill you know it's traditional for a bloke to just kind of get on with it isn't it and then obviously that shouldn't be the case um um so yeah that's something that'll probably change over time I think it is gradually changing more more men are starting to come for sessions as well but but yeah it's mainly females is 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 my Mm -hmm. my client base any anyway at the minute So talk to us a little bit about meditation. I know through lockdown you did some amazing sessions that I took part in as well. And um, they were just amazing, especially like in the time we were going through to kind of switch off and learn about mindfulness. So talk us a little bit about a how you got into that and, and how you feel it's affected your life or well, your life. For me, um, mindfulness as a whole has been something obviously that's just part of part and parcel of of working as a holistic therapist. You know, it's something you always, without even probably realizing, incorporate into your treatments. Um, one of the first sort of um, training courses, if you like, I did was in crystal crystal healing, and and there's a lot of mindfulness involved with that, and that's just something I've always been interested in as well. You know, I've always got little random crystals darted about, and and. Um, mindfulness as a whole is again when everything slowed down for me it's something that I really sort of fell into um as a way of of being able to just sort of take time out for myself and so mindfulness was always something for me more than at the time anyway than for other people um and then as I went self-employed obviously it can be quite stressful so Mm. I used mindfulness as a, a way to create a healthy balance just within my working week um and as I work with kids as well, and I do music and stuff with kids, it's just something that nat- naturally sort of moved into started teaching mindfulness in, in schools. Um, so I'm now a trained mindfulness in schools project teacher. So I teach various courses across schools from, from primary school age up to up to the age of 18, um, teaching them not just about meditation, but the science behind it and what's going on in the mind, what's, you know, what parts of the brain are triggering when when they're feeling certain emotions um so they so that they can understand what you know what's happening when they might be getting angry or sad or feeling a bit um depressed although they wouldn't know at that age that that that's what they are feeling and I think it's really important from a young age especially to teach this because obviously it's something that's growing now and becoming more sort of 
accessible but a lot of people of, of our age and above um aren't, don't know what it is and it's something that that when they've come and done a mindfulness session or done a guided meditation they're like oh that was amazing you know i wish i'd learned these skills when i was young because obviously we've all got stressful things going on and we live in a busy world and and it's a tool that i feel everyone should have um Definitely. for their own just for their own well-being yeah i know um when i work with obviously women with endometriosis and, and also from my own perspective i know that when i'm stressed out my condition gets a lot worse um so i always try and live by like trying to get stress to an absolute minimum and I do that through meditation and mindfulness and also like and I now work with women in the same sort of position as me and what I try and drill into them is like you need to get on top of your stress so how do you feel like um, in your perspective that meditation does help with that well you know at the end of the day if you're stressed your body's going to be constantly on full full capacity you know you're you're working on full energy levels your muscles everything's tensing up you can't really sort of your body can't function properly um you're in that constant fight flight mode um and then it drains you because obviously um you know all the energy in the body's being used to sort of constantly it's like you're feeling like you're constantly under attack you know if you think back to sort of the cavemen days you know it was sort of um, the amygdala reaction was that you go out and hunt your food and that you might get killed at any moment, you know, so yeah. you're constantly living in that, in that moment. Um, you know, it's, we, we, you know, that's, we don't live in them days now. So you can go and buy your, your food from Tesco without worrying that you're going to get killed, you know, um, <laughs> but, but the body still thinks that, you know, this part of the brain still fires when like, you know, you hear a loud noise or, or you might receive a text from someone that really sort of, you read it the wrong way and then straight away your body goes into this high sort of octane mode of sort of survival. Um, and we do that without realising throughout throughout every day, you know, seven yeah. days a week and it takes its toll and no wonder we feel tired at the end of the day, you know. Um, yeah with that constantly going on and then the body can't can't heal itself um and then we begin to feel ill and then we begin to feel like you know that's when anxiety and panic attacks can start and depression can kick in um so for me if 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 you can practice mindfulness and i'm not saying and this is something i always teach to the to the children as well is um I'm not saying we're going to go off and sit in the jungle for six months and meditate. You know, that's not practical. I mean, I'm sure it'd be lovely in this mad, oh, mad yeah. world we're currently living in. But um, just, just for me, it's about finding little, little spots throughout the day where you can practice some form of mindfulness, whether that be having a five-minute, ten-minute meditation, or whether it's just doing things more mindfully, um, like the mundane tasks, like washing the pots or mowing the lawn, or, or you know any of these things if we can kind of find what works for you bring it into your daily routine mm -hmm. we can live that little bit less stressed and then the body's got more chance to be able to heal itself when these um symptoms arise you know from whatever conditions we might be be struggling with um there's a great book actually by a guy called john kabat-zinn um it's called full catastrophe living and he's american um mindfulness teacher um i'll be I'll, I'll warn you the book's about this thick so uh, for wow. anyone that obviously can't see me it's uh just really thick um <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's a guy and he wrote this book and he's american and he um he teaches mindfulness to help people deal with um 
stress, pain and illness. And it's a hospital in America that, that took him in and, and they referred people to him that they could no longer treat. Um, obviously, they could do what they can do medically. Um, but they got him to teach a program to them. And, and it was proven that the mindfulness that he, um, programs that he was teaching them was reducing all these pains and illnesses that they were obviously going into the, the doctors for. And it, it became a it was revolutionary, really, because obviously they were realizing that these people didn't necessarily need all this medication they were being yeah. given it could be managed with a bit of that and then a bit of mindfulness um yeah. and it, it's amazing and I think that it's something we should all try and adopt but I mean I'll be I'll be completely honest I, I'm busy myself and it's it's not as easy as me I'm not preaching this any you know any stretch of the imagination because I'll have days when it goes completely out the window yeah you know and I'm, I fall well out my routine and, and that's fine you know that's gonna happen um but as long as you're aware of it yeah you've got more chance to yeah having it in your toolbox isn't it to know that if you're getting to that overwhelm point if you get to that stress point you can grab hold of these techniques and help yourself to get back on that even keel again that's it it's just it's just everything's a balance and if as long as you've got the skills there to use them as and when you feel you you need to um or just do a little bit each day honestly you you notice massive massive differences um and you become more aware of yourself you know your yeah. body you be you become aware of when you're starting not to feel quite right because mm. you you know all's mindfulness is is about being present in the moment it's it's and not being everywhere else you know obviously yeah. you've, we've got so much going on in in a busy life um we often forget to check in with ourselves and and just see how we're feeling and if we can do that we're on a good path then to be able to sort of think oh yeah I do need to book in for a, a reflexology treatment or I do need to go for a walk. I do need yeah. to get some fresh air or start eating, a, you know, healthily um, because we just become un- unaware of these things when we're so busy and, and sort of, you know, full steam ahead. Totally. And like next question that I was going to actually come to was like, um, you know, I, w- I always um, recommend to my clients to have holistic therapy um, but that can be quite costly for some clients who maybe don't have the money to do that on a regular basis. I mean, obviously, once a month is what I recommend as a minimum for endometriosis sufferers because, obviously, in that run-up to the month, it's really crucial to have that relaxation time and do those things for you. But if that person cannot then afford that, then what would you kind of suggest as something that they can do that doesn't cost them anything but will give them a, a good benefit? Well. Some self reflexology tips is is always going to be great, you know. If if and if you're unsure, I mean, you, there's there's numerous videos on YouTube as well that you can watch. Obviously, you know, take a look, take some of it with a pinch of salt, depending on on what it is you're watching. But just by giving your feet a good rub yourself can do the yeah. world of good because you will hit certain points of the feet mm. and the ankles that 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 would be worked anyway during a treatment um i have a, a shakti mat as well which are these i don't know if you've heard of these it's like yeah. a mat with like i say like little spikes on it. it's not as drastic sounding as that it's not like <laughs> a indian bedded nails are out like that but <laughs> you get these mats and they meant you lie on them and it like yeah. obviously it's great for circulation and, and getting the blood flowing um but i stand on mine every morning and it, it obviously works yeah. all the points of my feet um because obviously I try and practice what I preach as much as possible, but I'm as busy as most people. And sometimes I don't manage to get off to, to my treatment or I might have a, a lot of outgoings one month and I can't afford to go and have a treatment myself. So yeah. things like, like working my own feet um, 
or standing on the Shakti mat every morning just to just to keep these mm. points worked is something that everyone can do. What I found when I've done my own feet, because obviously through the whole lockdown scenario, obviously I couldn't see you. So I was doing my own feet. And what I found, I don't know if it's because you put more pressure on yourself than what a, a therapist would do, but I was getting like a little bit of healing crisis. And if, if you don't know what that is, it's when you feel maybe a little sick, um, you get a headache and just feel drained of energy. I was getting a little bit of healing crisis by doing my own feet. Would it just be because of the pressure points that I was putting on? Yeah, because obviously one thing you learn when you do your training is obviously, you know, you don't go full throttle. Um, mm. It's not like a deep tissue massage where you've got a builder coming in and saying, right, just go as deep as you want in me back, you know. Um, you've got you've got to be careful. And, and going back to my granddad, you know, I often do, do um, I went through a phase of doing him a, a few um, treatments every couple of weeks. And he, he was really... Uh, feeling it um because he wasn't used to it he'd not had it again for a while um and it can it's the body's way of obviously healing and it's flushing out things so you might get headache or or some people get emotional or Mm. or can you know just not feel quite right and it is a good sign that something's happening um but obviously when you do your own feet you just need to be aware of that because obviously you're more comfortable with your own with yourself so you think i can just sort of yeah. go as hard as a as I want now obviously part of reflexology is about the pressure yeah on and off and not just constant pressure but you know working these points on and off but like I said you know if you're ever unsure you can just gently just you know just give your foot a massage or your hands you can work your hands as well um and you know I'll always give clients tips of areas they can be working themselves um because I understand that everyone can come regularly not you know whether it's for financial reasons or um work commitments you know um so yeah well chris i could talk to you all day because i found this subject totally fascinating and obviously i have the treatment so i know how amazing it is so i like to shout about it but obviously we can't go on all day so is there anything that i've not asked you today that maybe you'd like the the listeners to know about no, I think obviously for me, it's about just getting the word out there, and so so people can understand what what happens in these treatments, and that it's um, something that's accessible for everyone, and and something that's not you know in this day and age, it's a great. It's people are looking at alternate ways to help help themselves, and it, I think it's really important to 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 let them know that these things are there for them, should they feel they they need to or want to try it. Yeah. So physically and on social media, where can we find Chris? Um, so the website is takeabreatheruk.com. Um, all the links are on there to the social media. Again, um, Instagram, takeabreatheruk um, and Facebook as well. Um, yeah, so everything's on there and constantly updated. On the website, there's a mailing list as well. And then I don't spam people every couple of months. I might send a mail mail out just um, with what's going on at the minute and some if I ever see any cool news articles that I want to share. Um, so that's quite a cool way to, to, to be kept in the know as well. Um, and if anyone wants to book in, there's an online booking portal on my website, um, which has like the up-to-date diary. Um, so yeah, people can book themselves in. Or if anyone just wants to ping me an email, if they have any questions that we've not sort of managed to cover in this yeah. session, um, I'm happy to, to have a chat with people as well and, and let them, you know, can let them know if I feel it's something that they might benefit from. Brilliant. And I'll also be um, putting those links in the show notes should anybody want to contact Chris with any questions. So thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, it's been brilliant speaking to you as always. And uh, personally, I'll see you in a couple of weeks for treatment. 
But um, yeah, listeners, if you have any questions for him afterwards, then you know where to find me on social media too. So either of you can ping us a message. Thanks so much for listening and look forward to see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to Endo Matters. I've been Michelle Brooks from Desired Physique. If you have a question you'd like me to answer, please drop me a message on Facebook or Instagram or email me at info at If you like what you've heard and have found the information useful, please subscribe to the podcast on the platform you are listening to. Also, if you have enjoyed the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Endo Matters is recorded and produced by Strength in Media.